<laughs> Teddy. <laughs> but TikTok is the perfect place to um, stay with the times. Yeah, unless you have a really messed up algorithm and it's informing, like giving you a lot of wrong information. I mean, <laughs> that would be your fault. <laughs> but I guess that is being with the times. Having wrong information, spouting it—that is—is that—that is the time. Huh? <laughs> Are you? I guess we could start whenever you'd like. Oh, we can start right now. Who could have started start two seconds ago? Why don't you tell everybody who you are <laughs> and what you what, what you do? Um, well, my name is Friday James, and I am a singer songwriter, um, and I manage or front, I should say, um, a seven person band. Seven. Seven. That's a lot to manage. Yeah. Being in a band is hard. It is. Especially every time you add a body, it's like another relationship you're starting without romantic intimacy. You're just (laughs) in all these relationships in one unit, right? It's hard. It's it's really hard. um, But luckily I have some of the, like, most amazing, humble, down-to-earth, just friendly people in my band. And also just ridiculously talented, too. They're just Mm -hmm. so... Gifted, um, so I I feel really grateful to have them um, as an individual. Like relationships um, with my band members um, or just with people in general, it's very difficult sometimes, mm-hmm. just for me. Mm-hmm. Um, but with my band, I do feel very safe, so I'm very lucky. That's good. How, how did you meet everyone in the band? How'd that happen? Um, I met everyone in totally random circumstances mainly just going to jams because jams around the chicago scene are just very popular they're awesome yeah they're so good uh, you find some really really niche talents there um and i went to a few so my i may i met do you want me to go like oops <laughs> do yeah you, let me go person by person sure you can talk about it yeah okay cool so um I met my bass player first, and that's DC. Um, And I met him because I was playing a Valentine's Day show, which was my first ever, like, stage performance here in Chicago. Where are you from originally? I'm from Nashville. I was just in Nashville. I know. I saw. (laughs) I was watching your Instagram story. I was just there for four days. It was a lot of fun. Yeah. It was a lot of fun. I saw you You had some of my friends you were filming. Really? Yeah. Small world. Yeah, teeny tiny world. I'm not going to... Don't ask me. Small world, yeah. It yeah. was a, it was a very fun time. Very different city. Mm-hmm. It's nothing like a, a New York, Chicago type where they're like, it's brick and steel yeah. and concrete everywhere. <laughs> Nashville was like, once you got outside of like downtown, downtown, downtown <laughs> it's grass. Broadway, grass it was cows. like people, <laughs> it was like you're in the suburbs of Chicago, just exactly. like homes with yards, mm-hmm. even in the city, which you... Don't find that in Chicago. You'll find some yard. I'm talking real yards. I'm not talking yeah. Chicago yards. Like, yeah, I got a house in yards. Like, yeah, and your neighbor is three feet from you still. Yeah. They had space, space everywhere. I think it has to do with the mountains kind of getting in the way. It's less people. Historically, it just hasn't been that type of industry to bring millions, yeah. you know? Chicago's so huge. Huge. And Nashville is like, People think it's big. I used to think it was big because it's I'm not from. Big at all. <laughs> yeah, well, I'm from technically I'm from Clarksville, which is like 45 minutes north of Nashville. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, so you're almost in Kentucky. Almost, yeah. Some of my life was in Kentucky actually, because okay. I was also a part of like a the military family type, and we uh, lived on base sometimes. But um, yeah, when I lived up there, um, it was considered a small town when I was growing up. So when we went to Nashville, we thought it was huge. It must have felt huge, of course. Yeah. But then I moved there in my adult life and realized that it was not very huge, especially as I got to socialize and know people. 
um, and I realized just how tiny it actually was. Yeah, it was so easy to get around. Yeah. Like the trap when they talked about traffic, I was like, "This is not nothing." Traffic. Yeah, no. I'm, like New York traffic is makes. Have Chicago. you been to LA? LA traffic. LA traffic's bad too. Mexico City traffic was the worst traffic I've ever seen. <laughs> but that has. I mean, it's a more populated area. It's the second most populated city in the Western Hemisphere. Mm. I think San Paulo in Brazil's the most, but I mean, it's like twenty million people. It's that coupled with like lack of street regulations and proper layout and the layout of the city. It's very old. The police don't do anything. You can do whatever you want. Nothing's <laughs> going to happen. So that also leads to a lot of chaos. You know, people know they can do whatever they want, so they do it. That's true. Whereas in a town that's smaller, you, you it's easy to get caught. You can't <laughs> we just are do going on such a danger right now. That's, that's the way it is. That's how this podcast <laughs> I just realized I was listening to you and I was like, weren't we just talking about my van members? Like, what we were. <laughs> Somehow we got oh yeah Nashville yeah Nashville okay, we'll go we'll get back to DC I still haven't remembered um, but yeah Nashville great city good food lots of barbecue yeah, lots the of chicken's wings. great the the barbecue's great I had some good chicken wings at this place called the Centennial really you have you heard of it I don't believe so they said it's the best wings in Nashville but I feel like every place claims it's the best everything yeah right? every every place is the number one place I, I noticed that it's yeah a thing. Chicago yeah. does the same thing the best pizza in, yeah in the, in the number world. one pizza in the city I'm like who said that yeah you. Best beef. I guess you could just claim it. Right. This is the best podcast in the world. <laughs> this is the number one podcast. You're the best in the world. singer in the world. I am the, the number podcast. one singer in the world. You can't say best. You gotta say number one. Number one. We're the number one. Yeah. I guess in the music scene, if you say number one, it's a little bit of a lie for sure. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, billboards. What, what chart? Right. Are you? What Everyone's are you like, about? what? What chart? What chart are you talking about? Like, number what? one in my mom's eyes. Are you? <laughs> no. Uh, <laughs> Dark. We'll get back to the military life after this one. (laughs) Was it your mom or dad in the military? Uh, My dad was in the military. Okay. Yeah, he retired. Navy, military, or Marines, Army. 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 Yeah. Cool. Yeah. (laughs) That was a time. I bet. (laughs) Were they musical or just just Um, you? No. Yeah. It was just me. I was very black sheep. Uh, (laughs) My family was. They were more athletes. Um, Okay. So you know, my dad. You know, obviously he was in the army. He was very in very good shape and very built and. He cared a lot about his health. My mom was um, a personal trainer. She was a nutritionist. So she was very into health and fitness, of course. Yeah. Um, my brother played like basketball and football. And my sister was in um, a lot of sports. She ran track. She did like um, majorettes and things like that. So she was just very active. And I was in like guitar club. <laughs> you were you were in any sports? I played volleyball through high school and college. Um, but just because I felt like I kind of had to. <laughs> <laughs> Pressured. I had to do something. I was yeah. just all Always in like art, or well, that worked out better for you. <laughs> I think you know, so. Sports aren't your thing, right? I mean, music. I I'd like to think I wasn't terrible at volleyball since I did go to college on a scholarship with it. Oh shoot, but... you left that part out. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, so you got into college and got a scholarship mm-hmm. based on a sport that you weren't you felt pressured or you weren't even that into? Yeah, well, volleyball wow. was the only sport I liked. Oh, so you did enjoy it, but it wasn't like, I want to do this forever. I didn't want to do it. No, no, I did like it, though. It okay. was fun enough for me to be like, yeah, I played a sport in high school. Mm-hmm. But then it carried me to college, and that was a surprise. I wasn't going to say no to the scholarship, so I was like, yeah. I'll just go. Which college? Wilmington College in Ohio. I actually went to two colleges. Um, I started college when I was 16 years old, so I did dual enrollment. How? Yeah, in Tennessee, there's this program. It's called the Middle College, and so you can go to high school and college at the same time. Um, when Whoa. you're in your sophomore or when you're in your junior and senior year. 
So you go to college on campus. And so I went to Austin Peay State University, and there you can graduate with, like, a full degree. Wow. Um, and then from there, a two-year degree, I should say. And then from there you can um, you can go to college with all those credits, and they're all full So you can get credits. an associate's by 18 years old? You can. Without even, like, being an awkward nerd genius that yeah. skip grades? You can. And you can wow. take as many cal- cal- uh, classes as you want to, depending on, like, what you can afford. You know, Did like you find that helpful? Did you like that? Um... Or did you feel too young for it? I didn't feel too young. It was definitely my choice. I, I'm going to be real with you. I only did it because I didn't want to go to college after I graduated. Oh, <laughs> I, yeah. I just wanted to be like, done. Yeah, so I told my – I thought if I did this, then my parents wouldn't force me to go to like a four-year university or something. Mm. I was wrong, though. <laughs> but you, you finished early, though, right? Uh, yeah, I did. I did. <laughs> what, 20 years old? Um, no, not quite. You took your time? I took my time. <laughs> I took yeah, like some I got two years, off. I can take my time. <laughs> I get it. That's cool, though. That's an interesting layout. I never heard of that. But yeah, they, don't do they that have it in different areas for different spans of time. Some schools allow, like, ninth grade. You can start. Whoa. Yeah. I, I probably wouldn't have survived. <laughs> yeah, I did the old school way. Just wait until I got done, which... I mean, life's not a race. It felt good to just live in high school. And mm. I got pretty much every credit done by senior year, so it was a blow-off year, you know? Nice. Which was, I had a lot of fun. I worked outside of school. But I played music and built this. I'm glad because it gave me the free time to build mm. the clubhouse creative space, the DZ, which turned into everything I still do this day. So it was actually a good thing that I started doing that at 15. Mm. And I could not have done that if I was, like, going to high school and college at the same time. Because it was probably busy to do that yeah like were you able to have like a job outside of school yeah that's uh, a lot then it was a lot i did i was playing volleyball and i was in school full-time and i was working so it was a lot i don't i don't know how i did it probably just energy being young yeah i think just because i was 21 or 20 or 19 or whatever you could do anything (laughs) at that age like yeah I wish I could tell people at that age when I see them not going out. And I don't mean going out like clubbing and drinking. I mean just like doing stuff, going mm-hmm. to the beach, going with friends, going to play some sports, rock climbing, whatever it is, free stuff, things that cost money. It doesn't matter. Like do it because I don't know how, how old you are, but I'm 33. When you get to your 30s mm-hmm. and you can't just – a friend's like, hey, I'm having a show. Want to go? I'm like, sure. And then they, they're like, doors are at 9. I go on last. I'm like – I have work. I, I got to wake up at 7. I'm not <laughs> okay. going to get home at 1 a.m. on a that Tuesday. Is, <laughs> that is something I have uh, run into a lot. Actually. It's hard. I have a very – well, I just have a very young spirit. Mm-hmm. So um, I am often like, let's stay out until 4 a.m. And my friends are all like, no, no, we have to work. And I'm like, fuck, I forgot you guys are adults. And I'm like <laughs> a child inside. <laughs> I'm 27. Um, well, you're you're an adult. Yeah. 27? <laughs> <You> said, yeah. <laughs> Every time I say I'm 27, I'm just like – it sounds so like I'm 30. It sounds like the same thing. No, no, you're 27. <laughs> no, I, I tell people, you know, that are younger in their 20s, like just, ha- especially if you don't have like kids or mortgage or marriage or anything like that, like do the things, have fun, stay out later. But yeah, if you do have serious work and things that you have to like get done, it's hard to go to bed at one or two and get up at six or seven. Mm-hmm. Once in a while you can do it, but to do it all the time. No, it, it messes with my flow of life, with yeah. my routine. I just can't. I wish there were more shows that started at 7 or 8. <laughs> but I realize the people that go to those tend to be younger so they can handle the 9 or 10 p.m. shows. That's true. I'm just selfish. I'm like, I want all ages shows at 7. Not that I want all ages shows, but when you have them, they have to end by like 10. Yeah, that's true. I love that because I'm <laughs> home by 1030. 
Very dad energy. Sleeping by 11. Yeah. (laughs) Responsible. You know, bad things happen at night. Oh, God. I miss those all-ages shows when I would go, like, get home so early. I had never heard of anything like that. All-ages shows? Yeah. I mean, I guess I never really looked into it. You've never been under 21 and went to a show? (laughs) I don't think so. (laughs) Really? You didn't start going until you got older? Yeah. I didn't Uh, really start, like, enjoying nightlife or anything until I was, like, 21. Oh, this explains stuff. I was enjoying nightlife at, like, 14. Oh, no. (laughs) I was very sheltered. I was super, like, um, goody two-shoes before I ever turned 18. Um, and I was eager to like, please. So I just was a good girl and I didn't do anything at all until the moment I turned 18. Like it was literally days after I turned 18 that I became like this new person. Like what? Don't. (laughs) (laughs) It's okay. It's been nine years. I don't know if I can say that on camera. (laughs) Drinking, smoking. No, I actually had none of that yet. It was all the other stuff I shouldn't be doing. (laughs) (laughs) Dating. It wasn't that. That's what we'll call it. That's what you should be doing at 18. (laughs) It's just be smart about it, but yeah, yeah. That's what you I wasn't be doing. smart about it. That's what it was. So um, it wasn't. But when I got to college, was when I did more of the like smoking weed and like drinking. You know, just like enjoying college life mm-hmm. and partying all the time. And I fell in love with nightlife and um, still have it. Yeah, I love working in like bars and clubs. really because mm-hmm. wow. I just love talking to people. I love the energy in there. Okay. Yeah, I don't uh, like that energy when it's 8 in the morning, but I love it when it's, like, 4 in the morning. It's <laughs> so funny. I love 8 in the morning energy. I love when, like, the sun's coming up and it's not that hot yet. That's the worst. That's when I sleep. <laughs> <laughs> That's when I'm out walking many miles just, like, taking in fresh air. Oh. I, I, I used to not be this way. <laughs> it's like I was this way as a kid. Mm-hmm. And then there's that, like, 14 to 25 where, yeah, I was up that late, mm-hmm. 6 a.m., 5 a.m., you know. But... It's hard when you're in a band to, like, be an early bird because shows happen late. People hang out late. Sometimes the best time to, like, talk with people and meet new people and collaborate is later Mm -hmm. to go out and to, like, try to make friends or make some moves in the scene by meeting people, getting drinks. It's later. Yeah. So it's hard to do it. That's a big one for sure. Um, I – well – the thing about that, too, my band, a lot of them, like I said, they, they like to check out, go home as soon as the show's over. Mm-hmm. We don't stay and hang out. So usually everything that gets done for the sake of the band, I'm doing during that time. Like when I'm going out to parties or clubs or anything, I'm trying to socialize to network because mm-hmm. um, I do enjoy networking and meeting people and seeing how we can work together. And so I um, I kind of combine the interests, you know, the networking and the just enjoying nightlife and I think I learned this in LA because when I lived there oh you lived in LA oh yeah oh my god I don't know why I just I'm assuming you know everything (laughs) about me (laughs) Nashville then after Nashville you went to I lived in LA for a little bit only for like six maybe eight months like it was very short but during that time I was working on music and um, I was meeting people and the main way I learned from living there to meet people to network and to like make some real progress in your career was to go to the parties. Yeah. You have to go to the LA parties. Absolutely. <laughs> so you I have went to all the time. And I learned like how to network at a party mm-hmm. as opposed to like trying to DM someone on Instagram and then like try to meet up with them for coffee. Like people don't really love that. It's that is a thing that people do now and it's it's a it can be a little um not like bad. It's a, it can be a little awkward or you just like don't when you get to see someone like this right now mm-hmm. in real time in real life yeah what can take forever in messaging and texting 
you I can know like within minutes exactly. of just seeing you. Exactly. And I think also when you network with people in party settings, they're in high spirits. You know, the energy is good. They're probably drinking a little bit. So when they meet you, their impression of you, it's a lot higher than it would be like in a setting where it's very kind of clinical when you're mm-hmm. sitting down together. You know, mm-hmm. people prefer to, to chat when they're in their relaxed, natural, like comfortable state. And Absolutely. So I just kind of. I prioritize that, and my band gets to go home early. <laughs> and then you just get to do all the talking. Yeah, yeah. And but you're the front person, so mm-hmm. and it they, works. They really do commend me for it, and they tell me all the time like how much they appreciate that I do those things. So mm-hmm. I um, I love them for, for understanding that I'm not just like a, a party head. You know, I'm doing this for them, and yeah. and they know, and I, I appreciate them. For you take it seriously? I do. Like, do you get, do you like party party? Or do you just, like, <laughs> hang out and talk to people? And it depends. Okay. Um, it depends on who I'm with because recently I learned from some people I did party party with that I should not party party with everybody. <laughs> <laughs> some people no. hold me, and this is going to, like, kind of be a little deeper, but some people kind of hold me to a standard that I never asked for. And so when I get a little liquored up or when I get a little out of pocket, it's very jarring for them mm-hmm. as opposed to, like, how that's literally how everybody else in the club is at the time. So mm-hmm. it just depends on who I'm with because certain people you can do that with and certain people are like, I never knew she was like that. Uh, <laughs> and I'm just like, I'm not like that. I'm partying right now. Isn't that the worst? When you're just trying to have fun and you get like this minor guilt trip from people around, you're like, I didn't know you smoked. It's like, well, now you ruined it because <laughs> I'm high and now I'm paranoid that people are looking at me exactly. asking like, oh, you smoke? It's like, yeah. I'm an adult. Exactly. Do whatever I want. I feel like I'm very easy to figure out really quickly. And so I get so confused when people think I'm different than I am because I'm just like, what about me made you think that I didn't swear this much or oh, <laughs> like didn't? Okay. Like, you know what I mean? Like, what? how do you look at me and go, that girl is a saint? Like, look uh, at me. It, when I, if I look at you, I'd be like, <laughs> she probably smokes. <laughs> Maybe drinking is different now because mm-hmm. there is a big like um, non-drinking world and movement ever since – Things like mushrooms and marijuana have become more normalized, right. socially acceptable. Mm-hmm. You don't have – before it was like you're you only allowed to like it. smoke and drink like cigarettes and alcohol because right. they're legal even though they're still bad for you. Right. Really bad <laughs> for you. They're worse for you. Way worse. <laughs> and marijuana is like you only know if you know. And then anything else is like no. But some of these things are more acceptable now. Yeah. So it's – that's it's hard to I say if someone drinks or not because a lot of people are going, getting away from drinking and going to like right. edibles and weed – and that because also the cats out of the bag, alcohol is pretty rough on you. Yeah. yeah. You know, I think it's tricky because um, I agree with you. Like a lot of people are kind of pulling away from alcohol. But at the same time, I think what I've noticed is, especially when I'm organizing meetings, that a lot of people are like, let's meet over drinks. That's a very common like yeah. thing. So, oh, of course. So it actually is, it's so normalized, like alcohol, that I think it's becoming so passive to people. They don't even you know, realize it anymore. Yeah, it's like the same as an energy drink now. Like, it's very, like, passive to people. <laughs> Are you an energy drink person? No. Oh, my God. My heart would explode. I like, I don't need them. I Once in a while, like in Nashville, I had a Red Bull. <laughs> um, and the only time I ever really had them in the last decade were when Red Bull would bring them to the festival mm-hmm. that I did. So I'd have them there because it's like, come on, they brought me, like, a whole bunch of free Red Bull. <laughs> How can I not? Right. But Red Bull's yummy, too. Yeah, and you kind of need it when you're putting yourself through, like, endless hours of work, like, beyond what coffee could do for you. You don't want to do speed or meth or Adderall. <laughs> I don't. Definitely not. You know, I don't. <laughs> yeah, but that's that's another big thing, Adderall. 
Adderall. People really like Adderall. I've never had it. I you strike me as someone who doesn't need it. <laughs> Ouch. No, like like you don't need it, like because you have so much energy. Like you, oh, thank you. That's a good thing. No, thank you. <laughs> like, I don't need it. I I don't have a problem yeah. having energy and staying focused. Yeah, you know, I I <laughs> I've never had an interest in Adderall, but I do remember it being very popular in college. Mm-hmm. So that's the only time I ever was like introduced to it, and I saw people actively doing it, but I. Yeah, I've never had any interest in it. I always was more of a, a stoner. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, even more of a stoner than a drinker. I always just preferred the mighty ganja. <laughs> the mighty ganja. <guy. laughs> well, that'd be better for you than alcohol over time. Yeah, yeah. I mean, lately, like, as I've gotten older, I do love a good cocktail just because they're so pretty and yummy and so cute. Um, and then I also was a bartender uh, for a while, and I bartended at different places, and I still bartend today. Um and I just fell in love with like the the art of it mm-hmm. and how pretty it was that I kind of am interested in like mixology now. It's yeah, so, it is cool. Yeah, it's, it's so cool. I like them. I don't like the price tag of them because yeah. I'm like, uh, I don't know about you, but it takes a lot for me to get buzzed drunk from alcohol. So mm-hmm. to spend like $15, 20 $25 per drink mm-hmm. with the tax and tip at like a really good cocktail bar in Chicago, some that are like 25 bucks. I'm like, I need seven of these. I just, I'm not going to spend $150 at one night in one bar to get buzzed. Like, I just don't want to do that. So it's hard for me to do the cocktail thing. I have to stick to, like, beer or something less money. So when I have six or seven (laughs) of them, I'm not spending all that money. Um, One way to hack that system. All right, tell me. Fishbowl margaritas. Fishbowl margaritas. Just get get one fishbowl margarita (laughs) and then order your What if they don't have it? Then you're at the wrong place. Oh, okay. (laughs) Does your place have it? Yeah. Yeah. We get them in, like, giant seashells. Are you going to tell me where it's at? Are you going to tell me off mic? Tell me off mic. I'll have to come. (laughs) (laughs) Are you a person that keeps, like, life separate and then music? I'm incredibly private. Really? Yeah. Um, I I have to be because I I notice – I've tested it out. And I'll just tell – I'll tell one person one thing. And I will hear it back from someone I never, ever thought wow. would ever know. So um, it's just funny um, how that works and how small the scene is here. So mm-hmm. I I want to live a very, very private and like normal life. But then at the same time, I want to front a band and play for like thousands of people. So yeah. it's very much. There's no way to do it that way. Bibi Rexa does it. She's Who lucky. Does? Bibi Rexa. Okay. She's a good example. She she obviously she plays huge like stadiums and arenas and stuff. But, like, if you were to see her, like, at a coffee shop, you wouldn't be like, that's Bibi Rexa. Like, she's very oh, yeah. hard to. Yeah. <laughs> it takes it takes a lot of discipline because yeah. you have to be mindful of, excuse me, any promotion you do, your your family, mm-hmm. your friends. When do the friends go from private to public because you might work with them because mm-hmm. there's a crossover there? Are they on the same page with keeping their stuff private and you? So when you are with them, they also aren't sharing it? You know, there's a lot of things you have to keep in mind yeah. when trying to be very I'm I'm pretty private to a certain extent. Like you're in my home, mm-hmm. a lot of bands come to my home. So it's like, okay, I won't show them upstairs. Right. Like, like I'm I, not in I, your there's a certain right level of privacy. You <laughs> yeah, know? exactly. And like this camera, we're on camera, but you don't see anything. <laughs> like this, this isn't giving anything away right. that people don't know about. So mm-hmm. there's a trick to it. Yeah. And I also just noticed that certain people will go out of their way to come see me at work if they knew where I worked or, Mm. you know, and it's not that I don't want to see these people, but it is just really strange behavior to just show up at someone's job, you know? (laughs) Absolutely. So that's just at any job, you know, just because I work in a bar doesn't mean you can just show up at my job. So it's just, it is very, um, it's a little different, um, but... 
No, I, I agree with you as far as like trying to find that line where your friends kind of interfere with that privacy or not. Mm-hmm. But I think it's just about knowing who your friends are. Yeah, it, it it's very yeah. tricky because some friends don't do the double life thing where they're like out in public. They just yeah, they put live their out. life. Yeah. So they because of that they just like put anything out because mm-hmm. they're like no one's looking to go above me on to. Maybe there's some exceptions. I'm sure women probably get it more with people trying to bother them. Mm-hmm. You're like, yeah. <laughs> but on the internet, that is. And yeah. um, <laughs> like, oh, yeah. I have so many horror stories. You, on and off this mic, you are um, not the first woman to tell me that. Because I have a lot of um, women artists, musicians, different different types of people on here. Mm-hmm. And I, I've heard this from every single one of them especially in the music industry, and then anybody out, outside of the mic, if I'm talking about it, they tell me that. Yeah. And most guys, they're like, at the very worst, they might have like one story. And they're almost excited, like, oh, yeah, this girl <laughs> hit me up on the internet. You're like, wow, if it happened. Because it, yeah. it just doesn't, Meanwhile, for the average man, it doesn't go that way, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Most, most men don't deal with women bothering them a lot on the internet. Yeah. I would say there's a small percentage, like, super famous men, sure. But most men just don't deal with that. So they're like, I don't get it. I don't get it. It's like, well, it's become, I think it's become so normal for women that you, when you do talk about it, like, oh, that sucks. But you're only talking about the small percentage of how much actually does happen because you don't probably want to sound like you're complaining or whining or whatever. Or like you gassing know? yourself. A lot of people think that you're flattering yourself yeah. when you tell them stories about how many like men come onto you in a yeah. day and how bothersome that is to someone like me who is very queer. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just like... Yeah, you know, it's it it's it's, it's in the face. Right now your face feeling. is saying so much. Like <laughs> right now your face is not saying like I'm trying to be pompous or or look like I'm, you know, great stuff, better stuff than anyone else cuz people talk on the internet. Mm-hmm. It's like you have this sigh, like physical like it's an exhaustion. Yeah, like exhaustion where you don't have to say it. I'm like, "Oh, she's not joking." Um, <laughs> for real. It's intense. And I, I it's funny because I used to work, like I said, I, I worked in nightlife before and I used to bartend a lot and I've bartended at like some adult clubs and things like that and I remember that it was interesting how um much more suppressed those things were in that environment and how much more over, overt um, they they are when I'm not in that environment, if mm. that makes sense. So I get a lot more, like, crass, rude comments just in my day-to-day than I would in that environment huh. where it's, like, freely available to yeah. happen. I wonder why that is. Yeah. Do you I mean, like, on the internet, daily environment, or, like, out and about? Both. Oh, wow. Yeah. And I think, well, I think the reason to answer your question why that is is because, you know, it's in surplus, right? They don't really, when you come into, like, an adult club or things like that, the job of everyone there is to make you feel like everyone in the room wants you. You know, it's very much, like, focused on you. It's a, it's an experience, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and so because it's in such surplus, they don't have to be so, like, harassy. I see. It, you know It's I mean? an abundance. It's just right. all around you. Yes, there are pickings. They can have whoever they want, you know, and so it's a little bit different than, you know, some stranger who doesn't know me and who knows he's never going to see me again trying to shoot a shot real quick, you know, in I'll never get it. Way. I'll never get it when, when men do that. It blows my mind. <laughs> because what I do get, but you don't act on it because we're intelligent, conscious beings, beings mm-hmm. is you have the thought of, like, this person is pretty or beautiful or sexy or whatever your mind goes you could think it all you want and that's right. and there's no no law against thinking something 
But in what world has it ever worked to be like, do this cat call type of thing? It doesn't, it's never worked. It doesn't, it work. doesn't work. So I know that. So I've always been, I could think like, oh, this person's cute or pretty or interesting. Mm-hmm. But I would never go beyond that. I, I would just be like, but like, that's going to be so weird and uncomfortable and awkward and rude to just I like say something to her. I so I'm just not going to say anything. I have a theory. I think that it's rejection therapy. I think they do it. On purpose. You got a lot of theories. So, <laughs> I like your theories. I think they do it on purpose so that they can kind of muster up the courage to approach the person that they really like. Um, Ooh, so I think it's a therapy for themselves. That's weird. Yeah. It's, not, it's a backwards therapy. Well, I, I've noticed that a lot of men, not all men, of course, but a lot of men who think like this or who do things like this, um, they're often very self-centered and their ego, they're focusing on their egos. Uh, so... They're not too concerned about how you feel when they cat call you. Of course not. They're concerned about how they feel. You know, they don't even really care if you respond to them or not because you can just keep walking. Most yeah. of the time they don't. Sometimes, a lot of the time they will get angry at you and start telling you I didn't want you anyway or some kind of crazy stuff. But um, I think they do this to desensitize themselves so that they can actually, like, pursue women in their private lives. That's so dark. Yeah. Because the best people, man or woman, that you'll find in life is by being the best version of yourself. In my experience, best friends I've made. That's heavy. <laughs> the best people in my family, the best friends I've made, the best people I've dated mm-hmm. um, have been because I was like trying my best to be my own best self and then it just, it connects better. But to like go down, to like use that logic, which I believe you definitely, because it makes it makes sense not to me because I, I, I couldn't fathom doing that, but it makes sense. Mm-hmm. It's a weird thing because it's like if you think you're going to find a really amazing, successful, beautiful partner, man or woman, it doesn't matter. It, why would it happen like that? Right. Like that's not going to attract someone. They're going to be like this person, <laughs> for lack of better words, is like a, being a loser right now right. by doing this. It's the opposite of what someone really wants. Yeah. So I don't know. That's sad to be like I'm going to do this so I can get like my reps in for a person <laughs> I really want to go after. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it's either that or it's just the if we're not going to think too deeply about it, it would just be the fact that they just view women as objects and mm. they just want to yell at them. <laughs> yeah, so. that's why, why I have a hard time using – I think I might have spoken about this on this podcast, but I have a hard time using the word female. Thank you. Because <laughs> I, I, I worked at UPS for seven years mm. and most of the people I worked with there were minorities, either black or Hispanic. Mm. And I'm half Mexican, so I, like, kind of get the Hispanic culture mm-hmm. a little bit more. But I would work with these guys, these these young black guys, 18, 19, and they only ever said female when talking about a human woman. And one time I said this young guy, I was probably 23, and I was like, hey, I, I noticed that whenever you talk about a, a human woman, you say mm. female, but female is what scientists use to describe animal species that aren't human. Right. They say male and female. They don't say that woman zebra over there right. and that male that man elephant, they say female and male. Mm-hmm. But when it comes to humans, we've gone beyond that with our ability to think, rationalize, and understand. Mm-hmm. And we say man, woman, boy, girl, lady, gentleman, whatever version of that, but like that's how we use it. And it helps to put everyone at a human level right. to see eye to eye that we're all equals. Mm-hmm. And this blew this kid's mind. He was like, 
he's like paused and looked at me. He probably never heard anyone tell him this his whole life. Yeah. You know, South Side Chicago rough guy. And he was just like, I never thought about it like that. He's like, you're right. He like, he just, it looked like it broke him. He was just like, man, I don't know what to do. Like, that's how all my friends talk. That's how everyone talks. And I'm mm-hmm. like, yeah, it's not, it seems innocuous on the surface level mm-hmm. when you glaze over it. But when you really dig deep into it, it's like, you're not humanizing the woman when you're saying female this, female that, female that. Because when the women talk about men, they don't say male, male, male. Right. Um, in certain circumstances, they will probably to prove certain uh, a kind of point. Mm-hmm. But they'll just say man, boy, gentleman, dude, whatever. They don't go to the male part, mm-hmm. turning us into like we this animal or this object. in our conversations don't say, those males were getting on my nerves today. Exactly. We say men. Exactly. We don't say we hate all males. We say we hate all males. Yeah. But I will hear a lot of men say female this, female right. that. I'm like no other it's indication so of human, just female. Really? Yeah. So I don't know. I've I've heard that a lot. And it drives me crazy when I hear people say that. I'm like, you got to yeah. stop that. It's a bad habit. If you learned it as a kid, I don't hold it against you. That's the environment you're in. But, like, slowly try to get that out of your vocabulary, yeah. you know? That's that's so refreshing to hear out of a, a male's mouth. <laughs> <laughs> nice. No, my— That was good. That was good. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. No, my, um, my brother used to say it, and I had to literally tell him the same—give him the same speech, mm-hmm. essentially, because he didn't understand. He was like, I'm not saying anything wrong. You are a female. And I was like— I'm a woman. <laughs> um, and I had to explain to him, like, you are describing me by, like, my anatomy and not my humanity. And yes. that is a problem. Right. It brings you to, like, an animalistic level. Yeah. And we're, in a, in a sense, we're, like, above that. Not that animals are not important, but, like, we're humans. We mm-hmm. we interact in a way that nothing else does. We, yeah. we, we have podcasts and have intellectual conversations, like... Mm-hmm. You know the monkeys aren't doing that. They're they're close, but they're like mid, way behind <laughs> on <laughs> exactly. doing that. And yeah, it helps a lot to start to learn that way how to talk to each other. And yeah, I don't get it, especially when I see um, guys that had grown up with sisters and moms, mm. and and they still will, could be a guy that cat calls and hits on someone in a very uncomfortable way. It's like you have like sisters and moms, maybe a daughter. It's like come on. You want to know something? In the black community, there's a lot. There's a, a huge, huge situation where um, men will uh, talk about how much, or black men, I should say, will talk about how much they don't like black girls, they don't like black women, as if they didn't come from a black woman. I've heard that, <laughs> I, but like obviously, I, I don't I'm not entrenched in that, so I don't mm-hmm. know exactly what that means it's, or comes from. But I've heard that it's a thing. Um, again, my brother did that once upon a time. He's married to a black woman now, so he's clearly grown out of that phase. <laughs> but <laughs> I remember that was a thing, um, and you know, it is very disheartening that um, as black women, we already are statistically the most hated. You know, we are both women and black. We are the most hated um, kind of group, I guess. Mm-hmm. So um, it was really hard to know that the men in our communities were also advocating for that same level of hate instead of lifting us up because black communities are very matriarchal. So it's very interesting that that's the common consensus about black women mm-hmm. amongst black men is that they don't want to date us. They don't want to be with us, you know. Why, why do you think that is? I think there's resentment toward the fact that we're matriarchal. And oh. I think they're trying to pull us down, down a little bit because, well, <laughs> this is going to go deep. But in like the way that systemic racism is set up, um, we have in you know our culture 
or in the United States culture, I should say, mm-hmm. the culture of the U.S. It's a very unique one. Yeah. Um, the, the men kind of run everything, specifically the white men run everything. Mm-hmm. You know, look at our Supreme Court. It's like 99% white. Essentially, mm-hmm. There's like one black person on there. Um, and so it, historically, just men have run everything. And I, so I think that when we, um, as our black communities, look at our own communities and we see that it's so matriarchal. I think the men in our communities resent that, you know, because white people are not like that. So it, there's kind of this longing from a lot of pain mm-hmm. to be like white people. Yeah. Um, and as I, you know, have watched the generations coming up after me and everything, I'm seeing that change that's a good. lot. So that's good news. But I think that's that's why it is. I think mm-hmm. it's just resentment toward our women for not being like you know, white people that we, when I was my, when I was very young, um, looked up to. Yeah. So. Yeah. That's that's just my theory. (laughs) It it makes sense. And I, it's sad because you have a lot of theories. One of my, one of my theories are. (laughs) I think a lot. (laughs) Anyone who has a type of hate or wanting to bring someone down or doesn't like that someone else is excelling or doing this or that, whether it be black individuals, Hispanic, Middle Eastern, Asian, it doesn't matter. Anyone that isn't white, Mm -hmm. um, they just don't have anything good going on in their life. I've, I've never felt a sense of competition for anyone. If, if someone wanted to be a mayor or president or police chief or a tech executive or famous musician, musician, and they were a black woman or anything, like what? Why do people care? Mm -hmm. Like let good, are they the right person? Go ahead, do it. Like, (laughs) I, I don't know why it matters. Do you not have anything going on in your life that you're not involved with that keeps you at peace? And exactly. I have so much stuff I'm excited to do and I do so many things. Why should I care that there is uh, a black business owner? Mm-hmm. Like, good. I'm glad that there is. Like, I want more diversity in this in this world, in this country. Unfortunately, everyone doesn't want more diversity. <laughs> the diversity thing blows my mind. Women doing other, like, if a woman wants to do that, go ahead. If she doesn't, then don't. Yeah. I don't you, understand. You would be surprised how many dates I've been on where the question of why I don't want to have kids comes up and it becomes a hostile conversation. Really? Yes. Why don't you want to have kids? This is, I'm going to get really upset about <laughs> That's, I mean. I mean, I can't answer that. <laughs> so you don't have kids at all? No. Oh, my God. No. <laughs> <laughs> why? How not? Why not? No. I mean, I personally, I think it'd be great to be a father because you don't got to do any of the work. You don't have to. You don't have to grow it, pop it out, and get surgery to repair what it popped out. I mean, it, yeah, it, it depends. No, with that, no. As far as the children itself, there's itself. two extreme. My my girlfriend and I talk about this itself. a lot. There's two extreme parts mm-hmm. of being good parents with a nuclear family, where mm-hmm. you stay together and you both work. Um, in one, and this is a, a thing that women experience and men can't comprehend. Mm. And then there's this other part that men experience that women can't comprehend. And the thing is, we because we, it takes two to tango, we need both of us to make this happen. Right. It's not a competition. I don't know why, when this became a competition, like, women isn't men. It's like, wait a minute. <laughs> First of all, men do a lot of crazy stuff. And by crazy, I mean, like, a lot of the hard, hard, awful jobs a lot of men do. Mm-hmm. But I can't give birth. And that is 
insanely hard job that I don't want to do. You're very lucky. And I don't want to do it. I also don't want to do it. I don't want to do it. And and women do have to do it. Mm Mm-hmm. And in the That's right, so annoying too. Why just this? How come? Why can't it just be random? <laughs> <laughs> that would be interesting, right? It? In in this situation, in the if all things are good, then hopefully the man, the father, is working to sustain the baby and the mom while they're in this position. Right. That's that makes sense. It's like okay, I can't have a kid. I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. I don't know what to tell you, but I'll work. And make money so we can have it and the kid can have food and go to school and we can have a life and go on vacations and that's mm-hmm. fine. The problem is when that doesn't work, um, which happens a lot in <laughs> the world and in America. Yeah. Because it's like that's the other pressure that a good man, and I hope they're still out there, face, which is which I faced from my dad, which is all he did was work. He was around, but he worked a lot to mm-hmm. sustain our family because our mom was focused more on the kids. And you you get this undertone of embedded, like, you have to work. You almost have to, like, be a workaholic, work, 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 provide, provide, provide. If you're not, you're, like, not a man. And that's a, another kind of a pressure. It's so unfortunate. It's another kind of pressure. It's why you see so many men working way too much and, and working way too hard. that's why suicide rates amongst men are so high. Yeah. Yeah. It's it, And I, I, I had this conversation with women. I'm like, it's not a competition. I'm not saying we're better because we make more money on average or work harder to get it. That's not it. It shouldn't be a competition. We're trying to work together. Here. Right. It's we're all on the same side. Yeah. It'd know? be wild to say that they're better because they make more. Because women don't have a say in that. We we could easily make more if we were paid more. <laughs> yeah. I mean that's a whole nother conversation. Yeah. <laughs> there's yeah. There's it's a multi-dimensional. Yeah. Conversation. There's so much. We could go for hours and hours on we that. We could. It's like both are true at the same time. Yeah. It's like right now in this moment in time, the men are working more hours, and it's a pressure you feel mm-hmm. to do it. It's like I can't have a kid. I don't have to wait around for 10 months from inception to when it's birthed. So, like, I'm just going to work, and I got to provide, and I got to work. And if you go to a party, how many times someone goes to a, to a man, like, what do you do if you're really close trying to figure out how much you make? Mm-hmm. Where do you go to college? All these, like, weird pressures that are just super heavy when you're like, I'm trying to provide for my wife, my kid, me, I got to take care of my parents. Yeah. And... You know, I got to protect the house if there's a suspicious kids out there. I got to make sure I can protect them. And, you know, it's when, when, you know, my girlfriend's scared, I'm the one who has to go out and look like she heard a noise. I got to go look. She's not doing it. Yeah. Which makes sense. I wouldn't want her to. I'm like, (laughs) you can't help it. So it's not, I don't like the competition thing. I wish we could be a little bit more harmonious. It's like, Mm -hmm. we both have different types of places in life and survival. It's really survival that are both 100% necessary. Like, earn and protect and keep things safe and, like, give birth and earn and, like, do what you can. Like, it's so complicated because the baby thing just changes everything. <laughs> it changes everything. Yeah. If, oh, my gosh. I always... <laughs> I don't know if I should say this. I always said that if I uh, ever found out I was pregnant, I would just like throw myself down the f- nearest cement stairs. Cement. So Can't be wood. Gotta be cement. Can't be carpeted. It has to be cement. Carpet would work too. I don't know. I gotta. I gotta go full. You know, full send. Hundred oh, <laughs> percent. Carpet, you still got padding, but still the same force when you hit. So I don't know. That's true. You know, those edges of the concrete, though, very oh, important. I'm just thinking of the skin getting ripped off. Oh, road <laughs> rash. Okay, yeah, yeah. yeah, you're right. Yeah, yeah. You are on a highway to hell, aren't you? I am. I am very much. She's wearing an ACDC shirt. That's why I said it. It's so cool. I got it from Target for eight bucks. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, who buys section. these shirts? I always wonder, like, who buys these band shirts? At Women. Target. Like, Women buy them. <laughs> 
I go to the men's section and I get all the banties. My favorite <laughs> are the women that um, dress their husbands or boyfriends. It's, it cracks me up. I would. It doesn't make sense to me. I'm like, how do you I not know how to dress yourself? I literally never do that. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. How do you not know how to dress yourself? Yeah. And how do you not have the conversation with your partner? Like, am I your child? You're you're dressing me now. You're like, there's a couple circumstances where it makes sense. I've I have a friend who's colorblind, so mm. his wife helps coordinate clothes. <laughs> That's definitely a special circumstance. But like, he still picks the clothes, but she picks the colors because right. he like. It's all messed up. It's it's. I'm sure at some cute, point actually. he has like committed certain shirts to memory to like yeah. to know what probably puts labels on them and stuff like <laughs> some tape. No, I dated someone um, who I didn't dress him, but I I remember thinking that I could help influence the way his style looked <laughs> because he was very he was very muscular. He was very like just ripped, and he would wear super baggy clothes. And I'm like, why do you work so hard if you're not gonna like mm. show it off? So I always would like just hype him up if he was wearing something a little bit more snug. <laughs> It cracks me up because I've never, ever, and nor will I ever hear a man go like, "Yeah, I gotta, I gotta dress my girl. I gotta pick out her stuff." Like I've heard people do that. You've heard of men dressing? Mm-hmm. Like, Whoa! You've never seen like in I've movies too when they like throw a dress in the bed and they're like, "Wear this tonight. See you at seven or whatever." They're that like, sounds like, like some rich prick dickhead that's just like, "You're gonna wear this because I make a million dollars a year." And I, <laughs> like that's what that sounds. That's like. what I think too. But honestly, I've never maybe seen that. maybe what he did was he bought the dress for her and then put it on the bed. That's different. Yeah. And 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 if <laughs> if a woman laid out a suit for me, I'd be like, "Oh shoot, that's pretty cool." Mm. Like for like. Wear this tonight. Like, yeah. You just spent 400 bucks. I'll wear this. <laughs> if a woman did it, I feel like the intentions would be different. Like, yeah. She's just like, you look so good in this vein. But then dude's just like, I run you. I control you. I wear this dress right now. Yeah. <laughs> it feels so different. Yeah, it's more revealing, right. more elegant. It's hard to be revealing in a suit. <laughs> yeah, there's there's just some weird dynamic thing amongst people. And when it comes to like, you know, heterosexual men and women in that kind of relationship, it's very... Interesting what happens. Yeah, I'm so glad I'm not heterosexual. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, thank God. Oh my God. <laughs> I I am, but I've never understood the the dressing. It's like you never like at thirty like by your thirtieth birthday, if you haven't developed a sense of style, fashion, or your own unique version of it, whatever it is, it never everyone's different. What have you been doing for thirty years? Like <laughs> Yeah. My I had a guy pretend he didn't know how to run a washing machine and he was twenty seven years old. I was like, My guy, you know how to run this washing They're machine. They're so easy. I, I think it was just weaponized incompetence. I think yeah. he was doing it to make me do it. And I just was like, I, I guess you're gonna have dirty clothes. I've never understood that either. Like <laughs> you know, like this cliche, like, oh my girl does like the shopping. And the laundry mm-hmm. and like v- vacuums, like you don't know how to vacuum. Right, like, why don't we both just do what needs doing? Yeah, how about that? I would never need <laughs> someone to do any of those things for me. If they did it out of kindness because I was busy and I had to like go to a long day at work, and they surprised me like, oh, I I, I did your laundry for you. Like, mm-hmm. That's so nice. I would never expect it, and I know how to do my own yeah. and how to hang them. One thing I did learn from someone I dated a while back was um, not to put like your shirts and pants and stuff in the dryer. Really? And to hang dry them, they last a lot longer. Because the dryer is the thing that breaks down the material and you get all the holes and you start having like some material come off your your collar and your armpit. Mm. You get more holes in your clothes. See, I get I didn't know $8 that. shirts from Target. Ah, uh, see. <laughs> so I'd throw that shit in the dryer. I don't, I don't <laughs> get $8 shirts from Target. <laughs> and when you finally like, when you grow up doing the, the thrift store hand-me-down thing, mm-hmm. you finally get some 
decent jobs. Adult money. <laughs> and not even like a ton of money, but like decent jobs where you're like, okay, I can finally buy like a $50 shirt. Mm-hmm. And you're like, what? But I wasn't used to that. So I'd always wear the same shirt for every task. I'm quite a physical handy person. So if I had to like go fix something like the door or the toilet, I'd still wear the same clothes that I would wear to go play basketball or go play Mm -hmm. music or do a podcast or record. And I started trashing my shirts or not having them look nice under circumstances, which they should. Mm -hmm. So I started having certain shirts for certain things and then taking care of them. They last so much longer. The dryers like for boxers or underwear or socks and like towels. So you're teaching me something. I never knew this. It's, oh, you can put anything in it, but it will break it down over time. The heat mm-hmm. and the movement breaks down the material. Mm-hmm. So if you hang dry it, it's going to be more wrinkly. So you have to do two things. You either have to, like, stretch while it's wet. Laundry podcast, guys. Yeah, while it's wet, <laughs> you either stretch it out and hang dry it, or you put it in the dryer. Once it's dried for a day overnight, put it in the dryer for, like, five minutes on, tum- like, a tumble low yeah. heat just to get some wrinkles out, or you can iron. You have like three options, but true, if you, they will be more wrinkly if you just hang dry them. But that's just my clothes this are is good more to wrinkly. Know. But thank you for this information. I'm here all day. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna have to get you to write me a little PDF or something on how to do all of this. <laughs> I I never knew it. I never knew how to do that. Oh, I did hear that. I just didn't do it. You mm. know, and it really kind of takes having nicer clothes to start doing that because you're like you start to be like I want to make this expensive shirt last many years you know see if i spent 50 dollars on a shirt i think it would be the i'd do it like once a year i wouldn't be able to do that like <laughs> very often i wait for fun like money i wasn't expecting mm. you know you get an extra like side gig that pays well and you're like see, i, I want to get some new clothes with this i throw every penny i make back into music it's it's such a disaster me too it's just I, rent I've and music the, yeah <laughs> i got past that stage because i was like oh i own like above and beyond what I thought I'd ever own mm-hmm. in doing this. But the, the first decade from 16 to 26, 20, like your age, it was all this equipment, cables, lights, cameras, many layers of it, speakers, amps, guitars, mm-hmm. just all of that. And now I'm like, I have everything I need. Like what? I don't need this stuff anymore. So now I finally can have a nicer car and nicer <laughs> clothes. I would love a space like this. It's just so cool. It's nice, right? It's really cool. It's cool. It works. It's it's slightly smaller than my old studio in, in Hickory Hills. Um, but I have less stuff in it because I have less roommates that I'm like, I used to hold onto their equipment. Mm-hmm. At the old place, there was like 40 guitars lining the walls and guitar amps everywhere. But they weren't all mine. They were roommates and friends. It was like the public... Of my close friends, like the public storage of like music equipment, mm. which looks really cool, but then you gotta maintain it. It's dusty. It sometimes gets in the way. My basement flooded, so you always have to like worry about that stuff. But this this works. I like it. But yeah. it is a good thing. I recommend that what you said, like if you want to do a craft, art, music, photography, film, mm. put as much besides what you need to get by food and rent, yeah, your car payments, whatever that is, like put it into that. It's, yeah. It's sad when you see like a really talented artist, musician, and you hear them complain like, oh, I don't have enough for this. I don't have that. But you see what they're spending their money on. Yeah. I'm like, dude, for, I used to have this conversation all the time with younger people when I would work with them. My students, I, I have a lot of students right now. And then when they talk about how they don't have enough money for a microphone or interface, I always say, do you spend money on cigarettes, weed, alcohol, or a, a man or woman, like anybody? Mm-hmm. If you do... Stop for a year, and when you just saved up 15, 20 grand because you didn't spend it on those four things or going out to eat on dumb food, and you saved up 15, 20 grand, you could buy so much stuff with that. 
and you do that for five years, mm-hmm. you have $100,000 you didn't know you had. You have everything you'll ever need. And then you have it and you own it. And you can buy certain, like, these microphones will last forever, these cables. The only thing you need to upgrade are digital technologies, like audio interfaces, digital cameras. Eventually, they're outdated. They might not even function anymore mm-hmm. with their firmware and software updates. But hard analog things, guitars, microphones, uh, st- mic stands, cables, like, these things, you take care of them, you'll have them until you die. So, like, invest in that stuff and, like, you'll be good for a long time. Mm-hmm. But uh, it's hard to convince a 20-year-old, a 19-year-old, a 21-year-old that they, they see the parties and the fun and the night going out. And it's hard to not do that and resist. But it takes discipline, you know. You got to invest Very in true. your craft. Very true. I always <laughs> write off everything I spend on an investment in my craft. <laughs> yeah. And that that's just how I feel. Like I, I always um, feel so guilty, but I'm, I'm like, no, this is – what I want to do and yeah. I'm doing this for my future for my music and sometimes I'll let it justify insane purchases like what give me an example <laughs> well um, I definitely did not have the money to shoot my most recent music video I didn't have it but I paid it yeah you know and it, I was like this is an investment I need I, the last music video I dropped was five years ago you know so oh, yeah. I need a new video and I'm in a new city and I'm getting all this new traction and new attention from people and so I just was like, I need to show that I have a body of work, that I'm still doing this, yeah. you know? And yeah. so it was an investment in my future and an investment in my brokenness because <laughs> I'm struggling. Music videos can <laughs> cost a lot of money. It costed a, a pretty penny. Especially if you're like, don't have deep connections, like they're not, you're like super close or you can't trade, you know? Well, you- I got lucky with this one in particular because I worked with Josh Jones. Um, this is for my most recent music video. It's called Am I? Um, and I released that on July 21st, so it's still pretty fresh. And um, when I I got lucky with him because, one, he's worked with some amazing artists. He or, He's worked with, like, Cardi B, Tink, like, Dixie D'Amelio. Oh, wow. Like a bunch of just... Steve Steve Aoki, I think, was in one of his videos. Like it was wow, just he wor- awesome. he works with very very big artists, and he was in the Chicago area, um, and we had both followed each other on Instagram, so um, we just were uh, we were aware of each other. But when I saw he was in Chicago, I just messaged him and I was like, "Hey, I kind of want to shoot a video." Originally, I was working on a different project with it was a collaboration with a different artist, um, but we ended up scrapping it. So I just was like, "I still want to work with this guy." Yeah. So. I reached out to Josh Jones and I just was like, listen, you are so talented and I'd love to work with you, but your stuff looks like it costs a billion dollars. And he told me how much it costs and it was, in fact, a billion dollars. <laughs> then so he that's said, what you've been saving up for your life. Yeah. <laughs> but then he said um, he really liked my song. He really liked my music and he liked how I sounded on the phone. He just thought I was cool. So he just was like, you know. I'll do it for 90% off. He hooked it up. He hooked me up. That's awesome. And shot me the most beautiful video. Don't you just love that? Yeah. Sometimes it pays to be a genuine, kind, (laughs) eager person. Yeah. I think a big part of it is that eagerness for sure. Like when people see, exactly. Yes. People see that you are, you're doing this for the love of it. You're not doing it for any other reason. And I think that was something that Josh appreciated it. I can't speak for him, but I think he appreciated that about me just because I know that he lives in L.A., and I know that it's a little harder to come across people that you f- like can feel authentic with. Mm, I've heard so, that a lot about L.A. From, I felt that way. <laughs> from everyone I've ever met that has been there, lived there, mm-hmm. they all say that. It's very They say they'll find, like, some circles that are cool, but it's a lot of— It's a lot of fakeness. Fakery. Yeah, so I think he appreciated those things about yeah. me, and I think that's, that's kind of how we ended up 
making such an amazing video. So that's really cool. Where can people find that? Video? <laughs> it's on YouTube. Like tell them like where to find it. Exactly. Yeah, just I to... mean it's just YouTube.com slash Friday James. <laughs> <laughs> I know it's what you do. I'm just saying what you should type in to get on YouTube. Yeah, I mean you'll type in Am I? Um, so so <laughs> Josh and I worked on it um, in June and we released it in July. Um, and yeah, you just go on YouTube. You type in Friday James Am I official music video and you'll letters see it. A M I. What does mm-hmm. that stand for? Am I? Am I? Yeah. Oh, I you <laughs> saying A M I. Oh no, Am I? Am I? I'm, I'm from Nashville. <laughs> Give my accent a second. It's not that strong. You've lost <laughs> it in your LA Chicago adventures. Thank you. <laughs> I think you also are your parents from Nashville. Uh, yeah, my my mom is. I feel like. Depending on what your family does for a living, mm. the accent can be enhanced or kind of lost. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Well, we, like I said, we were in Clarksville, Tennessee. So I think, honestly, I was very embarrassed about my um, Tennessee accent. I'm saying I don't hear it. I've heard it <laughs> my whole life. Mm. I, I grew up camping there. Like, that's what my family vacations were. We're camping in Tennessee. Knoxville, Tennessee, specifically towns in Tennessee. Mm. Uh, I used to love it, but it was my first exposure to, like, extreme southern twang. Yeah. Like, I've heard it a lot being in, going to Indiana a lot. <laughs> I have family there. But nothing compared to, like, Kentucky and Tennessee. Specific, specifically Tennessee. <laughs> yeah. And then Tennessee has nothing on Mississippi mm-hmm. and Alabama and Georgia. Holy cow. <laughs> I've heard people where I didn't know what they were saying. Yeah, like, I have, I have English, family like that. <laughs> but I don't know what English is. I don't know it. I'm going to try to figure <laughs> it out. Not to not not trying to be rude. I just like didn't, like, wow, mm-hmm. this country is vast and diverse when it comes to yeah. our, our own language. Yeah, I, I think I think I um, <laughs> I have a lot of family who have really, really deep, deep accents. But um, I personally tried to cover it a lot when I was younger. How did I got you do made it? fun of for it a lot. How did you hide it? A lot of TV, just watching TV and copying yeah. them. Yeah. Music, and then, TV, podcasts, mm-hmm. just hearing people speak. I was very Southern when I was a little girl. My mom used to say that, because my last name's James. My mom used to say that when I was a little girl, I would say Jimes. James. Jimes. Jimes. <laughs> yeah. I was very country. That's great. Um, Can you bring it back? Like, uh-huh. Yeah? Yeah. You're like, mm-hmm. <laughs> James. Yeah, I started. I felt it coming through a little bit when I was talking about it a second ago. So uh, yeah, it's not. It's it's like, it's not that noticeable to be honest. Like you almost sound like someone who grew up around other people mm-hmm. who were from the south, but you weren't. That's how much you were like separated from. Yeah, it. I think you my know? mom did the same thing though. I think she also pulled her accent back, so I just was copying her a lot too. Yeah, yeah, because yeah, she has it. Like I hear her on the phone sometimes, and I'm just like. You sound country as hell. <laughs> <laughs> and it probably depends on your set and setting. Like, mm-hmm. if you go back to visit family and you're around your yeah. peers, I bet you it starts to come out again. Yeah. And then you go to a big city like L.A., Chicago, New York, and it probably like goes away. Yeah. You know? Yeah. It's definitely faded a lot since I've gotten here, thankfully. And I, I've noticed my Chicago A's are coming out because I've been saying Chicago sometimes. Chicago. <laughs> hey. Yeah. I, uh, I love it. I love the Chicago accent. It, that's also kind of fading. Because that's a, a that's a thing of an older generation. Mm-hmm. Now that there's been this like melting pot of massive cities and TikTok and <laughs> Spotify and the internet and podcasts and movies, all this international stuff being put around, we're all gonna have one accent. Yeah, <laughs> soon. no, I mean, what probably will happen over the next couple hundred years mm-hmm. is of a more unity, unified accent, and a lot more um, like racially ambiguous people because so many people have been mixing only that's only been more of a recent thing the last yeah. couple hundred it, it's always happened but it's been way way less yeah. than 
like the now. Yeah, you know? I'm actually really thrilled about it too because I yeah. just I, well, I just love the idea of all of us just kind of finally understanding each other to the point where like it's not freaky to see interracial couples. Yeah, like I never thought it was freaky. I always thought that it was just the most cool thing, you yeah. know. And they I've, always had the prettiest kids. I've never thought about it because <laughs> I am. My dad is Mexican. My mom is yeah not. She's Caucasian. See, so it's I like, thought about it a lot as a child especially but when I started dating um, my first like few boyfriends were white and my family had so much to say about it and it was just very interesting Um, and like I just can't imagine in this day and age that like being still a big deal now to my family you know like they Mm -hmm. would not care now but when I was younger it was like a it was a deal Mm -hmm. and it's crazy because it wasn't that long ago it was like 10-15 years ago maybe just maturity I don't know I don't know what it is because I I could see that uh, it's always been a weird thing. For, like in the past, it mm-hmm. was a weird thing. But yeah. it took a long time for people to be okay with it. And some people still aren't. I'm yeah. sure you go to certain parts of this country and they're not Yeah, cool and about a, it. a big one too, because I have also been dating um, a lot of East Asian and Filipino men lately and uh, women as well. And I've noticed that depending on which you're from, like which, you know, it, 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 uh, their, their families receive me different ways. You know, and so I noticed that like my East Asian uh, people I would date, uh, their families were not very accepting of me because they're still very, very traditional. Um, whereas like my like Filipino friends or anything like that, they would um, very often be very welcoming and they found me very beautiful. You know, so it's just so interesting um, hmm. the, the dynamics there and mm-hmm. how, how differently you'll be received just as a black person in general, but also just as an interracial dater you know mm-hmm. like I, I date i date who i want you yeah. know so it's absolutely just, it's so funny to see how um how much family history and um kind of traditions are intertwined with dating and relationships for mm-hmm. me especially now in my life you know as i get older mm-hmm. it's very interesting <laughs> yeah yeah it is i don't i don't get it i don't get why people <laughs> make a fuss about it it's like man are they happy? They enjoy each other. Why do you care? Right, like what? The, the, the skin tone they have. Yeah, or the genitals. The, or the genitals. <laughs> like, let them be. I don't get it. I don't get it. <laughs> like, why are you so upset? Gay marriage <laughs> stuff is just like, why do you care? I don't get why people get so mad. Like, it, why are you so angry? It's not going to do anything. It's not going to affect anyone's life. Yeah. It's only going to make the people that, that that are a part of that happier, I which makes society ha- like I don't get it. I have some some family who are still very they're elderly folks who are set in their ways, and um, they say some homophobic stuff to me sometimes. They don't really know much about my sexuality. I keep that all very you know separate from my family, especially. But um, they ha- they are in their ways because they're old and like eighty, you know. Mm-hmm. But um, they're still of sound mind. And so sometimes I'm just like, don't you want to be better than that? Mm-hmm. Aren't you tired of feeling like, like that? Aren't you tired of feeling enraged every time mm-hmm. you see something you don't like? Like Maybe just mind your business. Unnecessary stress. Yeah. <laughs> I think about that stress sometimes of being mad yeah. about what, what other people are doing. Like That's what so other people wild. are doing. It's like, what? Like, what dude, I'm can't... already mad enough as it is. <laughs> I don't need to be mad about other people. I, yeah, I'm <laughs> mad at the fact that people... Are mad <laughs> yeah. about things. I'm like, why do we gotta be mad about stuff? Like, mm-hmm. find what you love to do. Be around good people. Find someone you love. <clears throat> travel, work, educate yourself. Listen just, to different thoughts. I think it's funny. <laughs> Whenever yeah. people are mad about 
other people's lives. I just think it's hilarious because I'm just like, you seem bored. Like like you said before, like you don't have anything going yeah, on. Yeah, have some bored. stuff going on. Pick up some hobbies. <laughs> You'll start going away. You'll start sleeping a lot better. Yeah. You'll probably grow your hair back. <clears throat> yeah. <laughs> Probably grow your, grow your hair back. Probably lose some weight. Trust yeah. you know, like just maybe your teeth will whiten. Just wonder what it's like to just not anything. be full of hate. Anything. Like do that for a second. Spend a day. I used to tell my grandma this too. Like try to spend a day not complaining. I almost said bitching, but I wouldn't cuss at my grandma. <laughs> try uh, not to complain all day. That's what you meant to say. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. It's. I know. I I can't even <clears throat> be around people. Like that anymore. Mm-hmm. If I like have a f- old friend or I meet someone new, they're like that constant negative. Mm-hmm. Not really complaining is one part of it, but just negative this, why that, or right. they're questioning you like Friday, why are you doing that? Why would you spend that money on the music video? Mm-hmm. Why are you going? Why are you doing a podcast? Why are you doing live <laughs> sessions? Why are you? <clears throat> why do you stay out so late? So it's just like why. I'm doing because I want to. Yeah. Why else would I be doing and it? And why isn't me wanting to enough of an answer? Yeah, Maybe I, I just want to. I want to try something. <laughs> yeah. For the story, for the plot. <clears throat> you're not, it seems like you're not a fa- afraid of failure. I'm f- massively afraid of failure. Are you really? <laughs> oh, yeah. Why are do you doing all these things that are so close to a higher chance of failing? The music industry is like... I don't really think of it that way. I mean, mm. I'm afraid of failing because of mistakes I make. Okay. I'm not afraid of... I, I don't know of a way to fail at, like, asking to, you know, hang out with someone or, you know what I mean? Like, it doesn't feel like I could I could fail at this, um, if anything. I was more thinking, like, taking on a, the music industry. Oh, I, I don't really know how to fail. All I have to do is just keep doing it. Okay, so it's all about a matter of your perspective. Yeah. Like, what others would see is if, like, say you, say you recorded an album mm-hmm. and say, I'm just making this up, say it cost $5,000. dollars mm-hmm. And it only got a handful, like a couple hundred streams, and it just like never took traction. Mm-hmm. Where someone who's looking at that and they hear that and like maybe it's a, an aunt or an uncle and they're just like, mm-hmm. Friday, like, how would you, like, that's that's such a waste of money. You like failed at that. And, but in your mind, uh, you'd be like, no, no I, I made, made an album. Yeah. <laughs> Making else, it a like, success. How many people itself? make an album? Like, in our circles, it seems like everyone, but really right. the number of people on this planet who make their own full length record is very small. Mm. It's not a lot of people. Yeah. So, like, it, no matter what you did, it's not a failure. Even yeah. if barely barely anyone hears it. It's like, no, you made an album. Yeah, that's exactly what I think. Yeah, I think that's okay. that's why. I, I'm not, it's not even, you know, to answer your question, I, I'm afraid to fail all the time, but that's my, that's because of my own actions. I'm afraid to make such a colossal mistake that I can never come back from it, uh-huh. you know. But I, I don't think there's a way for me to fail at making music because I can always make music. I mm-hmm. can make music whether two people are listening to it or a thousand people yeah. or a hundred thousand people are listening to it. You know, I've never cared about the numbers. I've never cared about, you know, how many views I got. If anything, I will acknowledge those things because people like to feel appreciated. And so whenever I like first got a thousand views in a video, like I thank the people who watched it, you yeah. know, but I never was like, I hope this gets a thousand views. I hope mm-hmm. it gets a hundred thousand. Like I've never think like that. I'm just, I'm like, I made this mm-hmm. and it's out in the world and I'm really that's, happy. That's the right mindset. Yeah. And it's also just getting it out of my brain. I think I have too much going on up here. Yeah. <laughs> so sometimes when I'm creative, it's like I finally get it out and there's more room and I can relax a little bit. So, mm-hmm. you know, I think that's all it's about. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, that's a good mindset. I think that's the right <laughs> way to look at it. Thank you. The failure, are, <laughs> it's it's an obstacle, and obstacles are opportunities. You know, yeah, that's the way I look at it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So my band. <laughs> oh yeah, back to DR, right? DC, DC. DC. 
Back to doctor. Back to the Dominican Republic. Back to decent Diet Coke. Okay. Wow, we went. Like, we went so far. On a, we went on a mile run. We went on. Oh my god, we went what on an hour tangent. Oh wow. Away from uh, <laughs> that initial question. So my van. Isn't that funny? How fast this just goes. Yeah. Well, I mean, especially when you can have a good conversation. So. Oh, thanks. I'm really glad to be here today. I, I wanted to acknowledge that too. Thank, Thank you for you. having me. Thanks for reaching out. This is cool. I'm into it. I, I enjoy talking to all different types of people. And I really enjoy different artists, musicians, ones I know well, ones I don't know well. Mm-hmm. And people from different walks of life. It's it's I don't need to talk to another guy my age. <laughs> all the time. <laughs> oh my God, men with microphones, please. That that's like a whole thing. They're just the two guys on a mic. Tell me more. It's podcast podcasts. Men podcasters. You haven't oh yeah, you're not you're not on social media. No, I I guess you're right. I see it, but I have I have a lot of different I, have a, I think the last three, four guests have been women. I don't know. I, I try to keep it 50-50. I saw some of my friends were here. Yeah. Yeah? Who, which mm-hmm. one? Ayana was oh, here. Ayana Brown. I Brown love Bay. her. She's so She's good. amazing. She's so Great good. voice. Yeah. Super cool. Some of her band is in my band. Oh, okay. Yeah. I'm seeing this now. Yeah. <laughs> they're, well, then they're all great because <laughs> I know everyone in the R&B, jazz, mm. alt-rock, indie rock world of Chicago, which I've other. been able to work with and be around for so long, are mm-hmm. all amazing. Such great people, mm-hmm. very fun, very nice, very creative. I've worked with them a lot. A lot of them have played my festival, so yeah, it's cool. That's <laughs> yeah, cool. Ayana's a very talented, amazing artist. And Such a good voice. I actually, oh my God, yeah. And I ran into her um, at work. Uh, she came in for a show one night, and she. Uh, <laughs> I so saw you her. work at a bar that has shows. I do. I work in music venues. I prefer music venues. Okay. Uh, it's it's easier to make. By the time <laughs> we end this conversation after Ralph Mike, I'm gonna try to guess it with one guess. I'll based just tell on, you. <laughs> no, I wanna guess it. <laughs> okay. Based on context. Like <laughs> Perfect. What we're, okay. Um, but you know, I ran into her, and um, she and I got to chatting, and I was like, "Hey, I saw you were on DZ Records podcast, like the Bending Brains podcast." She's like, "Yeah," and I was like, "What did he ask you about?" <laughs> She was like, why? And I said, well, because I'm going to be on it soon. And I don't know what he's going to ask me. <laughs> and I was like, I thought he was going to send me a sheet or something. Like, I have no idea. And I she don't... was like, no, just he asked me about me. We just talk. <laughs> yeah. I know. It's, it's, it's like kind of flattering. I don't know why. It's just like nice. It's like, <laughs> no, I, um, I've been on podcasts and done interviews, radio stuff. And yeah, they have. Uh, plot points, bullet points, they have everything laid out, they're mm-hmm. asking questions, they go through sheets. I don't edit anything. I don't write down anything. Mm. I just talk and just see what happens two, three, four hours. Like, I don't know. Just That's so ballsy. Because, like, what if you get someone in here and they're, like, a total fascist or something? I... <laughs> <laughs> that might be an interesting conversation. <laughs> I have um, been fortunate enough to hone in on, I guess you can call it, a skill of meeting and talking with people my whole life. It's kind mm-hmm. of what I've been doing since I was a kid. That cabin I told you about earlier, the DZ, the Crave Space. I saw I, the the destruction. Yes, of it. exactly. Yeah. <laughs> when I built that when I was fifteen, um, even before that, I was already highly exposed to a mm-hmm. ton of people because my family. It was the family house my grandpa built. My mom grew up in it. I grew up in it, and it always had people around mm-hmm. all the time. And then my Grandparents were known to let the my grandpa was a reverend and he was known to let in people off the streets, mm-hmm. give them a place to sleep. My mom and dad, not that loose because that's dangerous when you have kids, but they pretty close to it. Like my friends all stayed over. 
they always had missionaries from around the world staying there. I always had to give up my bed for them. We had similar childhoods. Really? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, It made it fun because they clearly trusted me to be like, go camp out in the backyard. So-and-so has your bed tonight. Mm. But it gave— The backyard is wild. That's (laughs) that's crazy. I I lived a lot in my backyard. That's why I built that cabin there and a fest there because it's like that's my life. And (laughs) I got used to having a lot of people in my life. And then the clubhouse, cabin place, the DZ— hundreds if not thousands and thousands of people hung out there over the course of that heyday Mm -hmm. and then when my parents moved out and I decided to take over with some roommates and live at the house so I can keep growing what I do um I I couldn't give you a number but it's it's definitely in the ballpark of over 10 15,000 people probably came through over the course of years of me wow yeah like (sighs) parties shows every month the festival which had thousands of people at it every year um, events. I mean, I had many roommates. They had people over time. I was constantly meeting all different kinds of people, like everyone you could ever imagine. Homeless people, where I've got to figure out what to do about the situation because it's you don't if you don't know them. It's hard to have them in your house. Mm-hmm. You you want to not expect anything like that, but you don't know what people are capable of that you don't know, and you get really comfortable and mm-hmm. good at just like talking to people. So, and I also had did a podcast before this with my cousin for eight years called Friends at Music where we'd interview... That's why you're so good at this. <laughs> we'd interview, interview the bands after we did a live session. We had to do the band thing. I'm actually doing something similar to that soon, too. Nice. With uh, NPR. Oh, cool. Yeah, I booked their sessions from Studio A. Nice. And so, so early September, we're going to be doing an interview and podcast. That's very cool. Like, live session situation. That's re- in, in Chicago? Mm-hmm. That's really cool. Thank you. Yeah, that's that's great. So you're, you're just... Oh, yeah, you told me you are kind of like... Getting a bunch of yeah. stuff. That's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> that's good. That's that's taking initiative. Go get her mentality. It's so interesting to hear the way that this kind of established. Yeah, and it's this is the 67th episode of this rendition of this where it's just me and one person. And that idea came from, I'm like... 67? 67 episodes of this. Oh, I wish it was 69. <laughs> I could wait to release we it could. until two more. Let's no, you're 68. No. I could. You want me to? Yeah. Okay. I want to be 69. All right, I'll make you 69. <laughs> it sounds weird coming out of my mouth. I'm making sure you're 69. <laughs> God dang it. Um, after the decades of interacting with people from around the world, just everywhere, I thought to myself, because I would have these conversations just in private. Mm-hmm. Uh, band's in town from New York or Dallas, and they're staying the night, and I'm up all night with the bass player talking about something all up all night with this guitar player talking about the history of Dallas, Fort Worth, Texas. And you're just like, these stories and these people are amazing. I need to put two mics between these types of people I keep meeting or or running into in my life. That's amazing. Because they're... I'm glad that you were able to identify it too. You just feel it because when you, when you meet and talk with a lot of people way more than the average person does, mm-hmm. you start to have a different like threshold of like what is wild. You know what <laughs> yeah, I'm saying? That's true. <laughs> and so when things are like go beyond that meter, you're like, oh, save that. That's a great story. I'm going to have you on my podcast. Or stuff is below that meter. You're like, mm, maybe not. Yeah. So you have this this type of dynamic to go between. And I, th- I started realizing, man, I've been meeting the most interesting interesting people you know, uh, a doctor who plays guitar by by night, but is a doctor by day, or a, an attorney for um, what's it called? Um, immigration law, like all these different types of individuals. You're like, mm-hmm. wait, you're an immigration lawyer, but you play in a rock band, and I just like recorded you screaming into a microphone, but you like save people's lives. I'm like, 
this is so cool. Like people need to hear that story. I'm tired. I love a bunch of different podcasts, but I'm kind of tired of the same thing. Yeah. Of just like that's what I was getting at. The 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 men on the mic men on mics things. Like there's a been a whole movement like ban men from buying microphones uh. because of the podcast. Because the podcasts are always about how much they hate women, essentially. Yeah, that's stupid. It's so dumb. It's like listen. <laughs> men men who are attracted to women. You're never gonna understand them because they're not you. Mm-hmm. And women who are attracted to men, you're never gonna understand them because they're not you. And guess what? It goes even further. Women who are attracted to women, guess what? You're going to kind of understand them, but they're still not you. They're not Friday, so you're not going to fully understand them. So, like, you're not going to fully get anybody Mm -hmm. on this planet. It's just – it's such a wasted opportunity, like mm -hmm. a very missed opportunity because they could be talking about men's issues. Like, talk about the suicide rates. Talk about – Absolutely. Talk about the societal pressure that being a man is, you know, because it is the patriarchy right now. And there's, there's like, a way that the world needs to be upheld by men. And talk about, like – the body image issues that men face. Like, talk about men's yeah. issues. Stop talking about women. We got yeah. us. We got us. Yeah, you're not You're not going <laughs> anywhere. You're gonna. We're going to be confused by you forever, and that's fine. <laughs> I, I'm fine I with would that. love to hear a podcast about, like, things that men are going through, but there is always women. I could tell you. <laughs> I mean, women are a part of it, but that's because they're a part of your life. But that's mm. not – that's the least – of my serious overall pressures and problems is not um, a woman or any woman, really. It's You must have a good woman. She's pretty cool. You mentioned her once or twice. She's pretty cool. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's another one of those things where it's like private life. Private. Right, yeah. private life, so private. I, <laughs> I rarely let her uh, see the uh, light of this world woman because— Really? I thought freak- you meant keeping her private, not keeping— No, I keep her—I keep, I keep them separate. Keeping her from this. Yeah, because it's— uh, <laughs> As you've dealt with um, rude or creepy or off-putting men, um, I work with a lot of people and a lot of people come in my life. But also the, the, all the little things I've done have reached many different facets. And there's some strange things that have gone on out there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I no person who I care about or love, friends or family, my niece, my girlfriend, anyone, my mom, they don't need these creepers right. on them. They don't need that at all. So it's like, I, I'm a guy and I wouldn't want to mess with me. <laughs> Let's just say that. <laughs> I don't get mad e- uh, easily, but I'm kind of like the Hulk. When He'll I do take that. you in fisticuffs. Oh, don't get me mad. So I keep I keep that <laughs> stuff private because the internet's a sketchy place. Right. People do weird stuff. There's been strange people reaching. It's always, on. that's another thing. It's usually a mental health problem. Mm-hmm. You know, someone reaches out and does some pretty heinous things. And I uh, unfortunately, there's been men in the past that have affected or hurt women around me, either that are just my platonic friends mm-hmm. or someone I've dated. And it's like, I'm done with that. Like, hard wall. I have a podcast. I record bands. I do events. I do workshops. I keep them separate from all the personal stuff because it's like... It's smart. It just... Why, it's like, you know, just like you do. It's like, I do this and I do that and they don't have to fully interact. I mean, there's some interaction. You can't fully get rid of it, but keep them separate. Um, but ba- yeah, the headaches, the stress of life, it's always going to be stresses of a relationship and stuff. But like, I expect that. I know we're going to have those things. But like the real, real fundamental things that actually might be creating some of the stresses in relationships are that stuff you grew up with, the mm-hmm. the patriarchy, the immense pressure to be a dominant like 
alpha leading man, which is like unnecessary and weird that you have to feel it, but you do. Mm-hmm. You can't help it. It's why a lot of men are more violent. They're more incarcerated. They're yeah. more unhoused. They're more likely to commit serious violent crimes, mm-hmm. uh, commit suicide, um, do nefarious things in society. It's because I think these pressures are really, they're very real. They're very real. They're just as real real as any other unnecessary, unfortunate pressure that people feel. And that's why I think it's such, it's so important to use these podcasts to talk about men's issues. Like these, because we we could be contributing to so much more, you know, awareness of those things would honestly garner more empathy from people who are unaware of them. And then we can start making steps toward fixing or Mm -hmm. at least helping to heal some of the problems that you know, men face. So, mm-hmm. you know, as much as I hate men, I still, <laughs> I still enjoy humans. Don't hate them. I hate them. You hate, I, you probably hate the idea of the, the nasty ones that yeah, really ruin it that's, for everyone. That's, that's definitely what I mean. Yeah, it's the same thing when a man's like, women, this one is, it's like, no, you probably had a bad relationship mm-hmm. and now you're like, you can't bestow that on all women. Right. Like, it happens, yeah. you know. I we've all been in them. I've had them too and you're like, yeah, that's, that was her and that's not everyone. So yeah. like, you can't, yeah, it's a, it's also a very loud thing on the internet to like, you know, men are pigs, men are this, and then for women, and then men, men are like, oh, women, they all, yeah. they all want this high value man, but they won't. It's like, oh you all need to do any. <laughs> the of high actually, value thing is so annoying. Oh, it's, oh my what does God. it even mean? It means nothing. What does it mean? It means nothing. <laughs> it's just words. It means not. Uh, anyway. <laughs> oh, I know, I know. We keep coming back to this I stuff. Know. Clearly, we both just have my like favorite, similar opinions on this. My favorite thing to see on like a <laughs> Instagram, any place you could see a reel, it's everywhere now. YouTube, Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, X, you know, <laughs> Twitter, X, whatever it is. is uh, <laughs> it's such a terrible rebranding. Oh, my God. It's bad. It looks like a, like a porn app. It does. I thought it was at first. I was I like, I didn't was download I was like, this. Did I? I was looking at it. I was like, did I click did something? I get this... <laughs> Uh, it took me a while, and then I saw something in a different social media thing that said, Elon Musk, X, and I was like, oh, my God, this makes perfect sense. I don't use it anyway. <laughs> Once in a while, I'll post, like, a photo, yeah. like, maybe a photo from this. I'll put, like, just a, another thing to put out there, but. I, I don't post on Twitter. I get off. I, I just d- use it just to scroll. Post and ghost, get out. <laughs> but uh, my favorite videos are the ones where some, some, it's always some guy goes up to, like, a person in the street and just, like, name a state that starts with A, and they're just like. Uh, Argentina (laughs) you know what I'm saying (laughs) just like if this I know it's hyper uh, inflated into like the wrong direction to make people look stupid but like if this is representing people right now like we're so stupid like some people are so dumb they like don't know the most easiest answers of things like how many you know numbers are on the clock they're just like uh Digital clock? No. He's like, no, I'm not going to analog <laughs> clock. I, I don't know. <laughs> you're just like, what? what's an analog? Yeah, what's an analog <laughs> clock? No, it's, uh, that's also just funny. It's just goofy to see that stuff where you just like, don't, ha- or when, you know, trying to, like, gotcha moments, like, go to, like, a Trump rally, and they're like, so you're for people's rights, right? And they're just like, yeah, and like, so what about, like, this right? And they're like, no. And you're just like, but you said you were. Like, just the time. It's always It's dumb always shit. trying to gotcha. Yeah. Gotcha. And it's funny, but it's also dumb. And it's like, what are we doing? Mm-hmm. What is this game? Why are we always trying to gotcha? Why people? does everyone have a microphone? Just put your microphones down. People have, there's a lot of microphones and there's a lot <laughs> of cameras. Everyone just, I think we should, as collectively, as a whole, just stop talking. Oh, no. What are we going to do? We're talking right now with a camera and microphone. Oh, no. <laughs> Except for this. <laughs>
I think I think having some real long duration conversations that don't have a specific theme or motive behind them, like this podcast. Mm-hmm. That hence the name. I just want to like mm-hmm. bend each other's brains. It goes both ways. It's yeah. it's not one way. Is that your segue into closing out the podcast? No, no. We need to bend each other's brains. We're not brains. even close. That's all, folks. We're not even close. <laughs> no, I tend to go many hours. Did I did I text you that like? Are you okay with this many hours? You said two hours, right? I said usually it's two to three. Two to three? I've done four before, yeah. Oh, my gosh. You'd be amazed. I mean, the first hour we spent on veering off your bass player (laughs) in one hour to like everyone else. I'm the type to go for it, too, because I'm very long-winded, but I do have some commitment, so I won't be able to (laughs) How long do you have till? Um, Let me see. Mm, We got some time. We got some time. It is. It's eight fifty. How long do you have? How to? long do you need? I mean, you whatever works. I don't. <laughs> if you have to go in ten minutes, you have to go in ten minutes. You have to go an hour. You have to go in an hour. Um, am I allowed to check my phone? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I want to defeat the process. Hold on. Let me see. Okay. Cool. So, I'm I'm supposed to be going on a little date situation. <sighs> and is this a new date or? A this record? is a new date. You've never met this person. Mm-mm. <sighs> We um, have been talking for a while. We're supposed to be going night swimming. Night swimming? Where at? There is, my friend has a rooftop pool. Ooh. Yeah, in, in River the North? Loop, in the Loop. Oh, okay. I was going to say, it's either River North or the Loop. Yeah. That's the only places you're having a rooftop pool. Yeah, so. That's an interesting, bold first date. Yeah. Isn't it? Like, it's let's a, go, let's get in bathing suits and go lady, swimming. so. Ah, it changes little, everything. It's a little different. Yeah. See, that's... <laughs> I wouldn't do that with a douche. That's what I'm saying. That's what I was like, wow, you are very bold. Like, No, I would never. <laughs> I don't... I would do it, but I would be weary that I feel like the, the woman wouldn't want to do it with me. Like, Aww. do you know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> I would... If someone... If a woman was like, hey, let's... Like, if, if I was dating, and she said, like, I want to go on a rooftop pool in the South. I'm like, dude, that sounds fun. Mm. Totally, let's do it. I don't care. If she invited you. Yeah. yeah. Like for the first first step, like, I don't know you, but like this sounds fun. I'm all about like saying yes to everything. So right. Like, sure, let's do it. <laughs> and she's like, yeah, I want to skydive, skydive off the Sears Tower into a pool. Like, show me where to pull the plug. Let's do it. <laughs> wow. I don't, I'm all about the experience. But I feel like <laughs> if I flipped it and I... It might come said off that, a little. I'd be like, I feel like this isn't going to go well. Yeah. It, it might come off. It depends on the conversation you had prior to that. It, That's so different. Women. So you have a very unique perspective on humans. <laughs> I do. <laughs> because dating different sex, there's so much difference. Yes. So much. Yeah. There's a fun, it's the fun of being pan. You get to just yeah. experience people as they are for who they are. Huh. You know, and I think that's the easiest way to define like the way that I view dating, you know, I just want to meet the person as they are. Mm-hmm. And then if, if I like him, I like him. That's cool. <laughs> it's pretty nice. That's wild. That's the only thing. I have to just like you. That's all it takes. <laughs> but there's still differences that come with it. Like just like of you course. just said. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah Which What do you prefer? What do you mean? <laughs> Which one is less? There's probably different like uh, – stresses or anxieties from either one depending on the circumstances. From each sex? Yeah, depending on like the situation. Well, it's tricky because there's also, I'm also very attracted to non-binary people too. So, okay. And, you know, I've, I've been attracted to trans people, so it's everyone. Yeah, so it's all but over the place, I, yeah. I will say I do prefer women or people who resemble femme women. Huh. Because I will oftentimes only date men who look like women. 
Long yeah. hair, smooth skin, like no facial hair. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm glad we're, we're on the same. You're like, not You're someone who even remotely <laughs> resembles you. <laughs> you don't got to do me like that. No, it's funny. I am uh, just a, a bear. I'm just a hairy beast, which is funny <laughs> because in, in, in the gay world, a bear means... Something different. Does it? I thought it did mean hairy dudes. I think it means like a, a bigger, hairier guy that's like, uh, but still, like, that's what a, a gay man is. That's a bear. Okay. So gotcha. now when I say talk about it, I realize like what I'm saying. Like, <laughs> uh, I think you'd be defined as a bear. Yeah, I would, yeah. I would say so. Yeah. Yeah. I'm a <laughs> <laughs> you're not a furry. <laughs> no, not a, that's a different <laughs> God. I realize this. So you're a furry. There's so many Let's talk about that. <laughs> things that you can be, like, yeah. so many things. It's kind of yeah, cool. I think my pansexuality stops at furries. I'm not into <laughs> furries. <laughs> I'm I'm um I'm for people being into whatever they're into. Is this you? That's me. That's a little me with four fingers. Oh, like, this oh. is so cool. Isn't that fun? The four fingers are adorable. It's very <laughs> Hilda. Have you ever seen Hilda? Mm-mm. It's on Netflix. It's feel good. You should definitely okay. watch it. It's um one of those cartoons that adults can also enjoy. Okay. Um, and it, this is similar to the animation. I like it. I even asked for like the hand thing when the person made it, but I'm glad they did. <laughs> That's funny. Wait, you never told me what time you have till. Oh, yeah. So um, we're supposed to meet there at 9.15. Oh, shoot. <laughs> Okay, so but I can leave at nine fifteen. Are you sure? Mm-hmm. Dang, you're play you're playing hard to get like first date. Like, eh? Oh, I don't make imagine. I don't imagine she'll be right on time. So. All right, yeah. women, I forgot. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks. That was yeah. good. Circled back. That was good. I set myself up for that. That one. is okay. So what's <laughs> up with that? Why I am so punctual? Maybe it's just me though. I, I'm I very punctual too. I got here early and I was in the car for a little did. bit. You did. I, I, <laughs> I sat was, in the car for like ten minutes I, before I actually came to the door. I was like. Getting the camera ready, and then I didn't. I don't ever have my phone on mm. any. Um, it doesn't make sound. It doesn't even vibrate. Nothing. Mm. I don't ever want anything to ever disturb me. So I miss uh, a lot of phone calls and text messages. Well, I'm surprised you got mine then. I look at it a lot, so <laughs> it's like when I miss it, I see it still. But yeah, mm. that's funny. <laughs> um, I want to. Well, the time we have left, I want to talk more about your music. Sure, sure. <laughs> I'm sorry, I didn't mean for this to. No, it's okay. <laughs> I wanted to stay as long as I could. This too. has been really. Fine, I feel like we could talk for quite a bit. I'll have to have yeah. you to come back sometime. I would love to come back. Yeah, we'll talk some more because if we spent an hour ranting about whatever. <laughs> part two. <laughs> part two. We'll have to start early, like 3 p.m. Yeah. Maybe yeah. you can be my known for my longest episode. That would be awesome. Yeah. I could talk forever. <gasps> we can have cocktails. <gasps> oh. I can make you cocktails. It's a plan. Oh, my God. Let's do it. This is going to be really fun. It's going to be great. We'll have to do it. Do you smoke? I do. We can smoke. We do cocktails. <laughs> I have a futon. You might need it. <laughs> we end up doing the episode while you just go to bed. Like, just I'm get done. fucked I'm t- up on the podcast. I'm tapped out. Um, <laughs> I'm going to have to really like filter right <laughs> That is the, the one thing about drinking on a podcast. Is yeah. I did one podcast once that wasn't this one. It was another one called Anything Goes. Mm-hmm. And it was with two women Anything and three guys. And we, our thing was we're all going to like drink and smoke on it. And whatever happens, happens. Bad idea. Really? Some of the stuff. It was fun. It was. It was fun. Throwing shit at each other. It was just like <laughs> imagine you with five of your close friends and you're all drunk and high. Yeah. But there's five microphones on. Right. We started saying things. I'm like, I don't need people to hear. <laughs> like we're just being ridiculous. I was supposed to be on this other podcast called uh, Shy Wee Girl. Uh, mm. We ended up having a scheduling conflict, so we couldn't do it. But we were supposed to roll up on the podcast and like hit bowls and stuff and talk about like weed and music and then like write a song together and I was like you want me to get high and then write a song <laughs> it's gonna be a disaster 
Yeah, I can't do that. I'm more of a get the work done then smoke kind of person. Uh-huh. I cannot do like smoke and get anything done. Mm. It makes me want to just like chill and like feel and get all heady and cry or smile. Like I just want to relax. I just want to eat. When you want to eat? Yeah, mm-hmm. that's a that's big like one my too. number one. Like right after I get done smoking, I'm just like you know I could go for like seven Big Macs. <laughs> They're going to say like one or two, seven. <laughs> but you wanted to talk about the music. Oh, yeah. I had a question. Do you, do you play any instruments? I do. And I play guitar and guitar, piano. Guitar and piano. How long have you been playing those? Um, I first played guitar when I was about 12. Oh, a bit. Um, mm-hmm. It was self-taught. So I just learned off like YouTube and stuff. And yeah. Like had a little notebook. There. Tabs? You learned tabs? Mm-mm. Okay. No, I hated tabs. <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't figure them out. No, I just would watch other people and copy them. And then like I'd write the notes. I'd draw... So I'd make my own tabs, I guess. I'd draw, like, the the strings, and then I'd just put little dots where my fingers go and, like, label oh, it and call yeah. it. Like, oh, that's a D chord. And, that works. Know. I studied guitar. <laughs> like, yeah. studied and taught myself it. Truly self-taught. Yeah. Um, but then piano, um, I think I picked that up about a year or two after guitar. Just Also self-taught? Mm-hmm. And it's, it's my weaker instrument, but I do enjoy playing it from time to time. Guitar is my main, for sure. Okay, what kind of guitar do you play? I have an acoustic guitar. I prefer acoustic guitar. You prefer acoustic, cool. Yeah, I think it suits me better. I don't know. My voice and my singing style and the the way that I write, it's all like on acoustic guitar because it just feels right. That's what you'll be performing with here? Mm Mm-hmm. Nice. I'm excited for that. Yeah, we'll have to talk about the dates because I finally got some back from my band. Boom. Yeah. Let's do it. (laughs) I'm really excited to have them here. They're super talented individuals. How many from that band are in in, um, Soul Dial? Oh, I think two of them. Two, okay. Yeah, my the keyboard is from Sold Out. One hundred percent, I know. Yeah, is from is in my band. Um, but I'm pretty sure there's one other guy. I just can't. I'm not sh- certain. I think he Who's might have been a band? swing. Yeah, because yeah. a lot of those guys are in a ton of bands. Yeah, like I'll have sometimes when bands come in here. And they don't have time to like figure out who's in what and what's in what. Mm. They'll just pop in. I'm like, of course you're in this band. It's always it's usually bass players mm. and uh, drummers because they're like harder to come by that work yeah. with you. You know, mm-hmm. whereas a lot of people play guitar. You know, yeah. But that bass I, player. I thing. knew a lot of the people you just recently worked with. Uh, like you just worked with Allison Mahal, right? Yes. Yes. Yeah. So I, I know her. Um, we. She's great. She's amazing. She's great. And I know I know a lot of her. Her her uh, guitarist was in my band at one point. Okay. Um, and her drummer was like a close friend of mine at one point. So oh, like, it's wow. just very small. Small world, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so as of lately, you're just like, Nashville, here. Yeah. Ayana, Allison. Yeah. That's funny. <laughs> it's a what tiny, you, like, tiny community. We like connect and all of a sudden just these worlds collide. Yeah, I kind of knew that I needed to come talk to you because huh. you are talking to everybody I know. I'm like, when's it my turn? <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes it's as simple as just... Reaching out yeah. and showing genuine interest. You I'm know? glad that I did reach out. I'm glad you did too. This was a lot of fun. And I can't wait for the second one when we yeah. do. We're going to have to like make a spreadsheet of what we're going to talk about because we're going to start losing it. And That's the best part. <laughs> How do you have a spreadsheet when you're smoking weed and drinking? I that spreadsheet's going to be useless. It's going to end up being doodles on it. I'm going to be on camera. I got to make you sure I'm not acting right too out of pocket, you know. That's what this podcast is about. Being out of pocket. Yeah, it's just, <laughs> there's nothing more fun than just going and going and this. Oh, really? Because it's, as soon as you say something that's, like, interesting, which has been a lot of stuff, it's like, okay, I want to know that and that. <laughs> and sometimes it goes full circle Yeah, to you're this. so good at this. Like, I hope you're told that enough. Thanks. I mean, I <laughs> I think so. You're, when you do it all the time, good at this. thank you. This is the most fun interview I've ever had. Wow. Man, <laughs> this is. You just made my day better. It was already well, a good day. Most of the time I'm asked about, like, drama. 
(laughs) Really? Drama, like? Just my personal life. Oh. Yeah. I mean, I have found that the heavy stuff, the the drama, um, naturally comes out when you just start talking and, like, get to know each other and you Mm -hmm. start talking, then this pops up and that pops up and it, it can lead to it. I mean, this podcast has been very inspirational to me and I realize how comfortable it's made people because... I'm not going to name names, but there's been specific episodes where people have come out of the closet. Mm-hmm. Like, for the first time right here, I'm like, to me? Like, I don't even know you. Um, or I've talked about things they don't talk about, like uh, a sibling being murdered, like things like that because they're within gangs, like things like that. And mm-hmm. you're like, people crying because of it, like heavy stuff. Yeah. And it's just from being comfortable and talking and talking. And it's why, like... um the old school formula of interviews that were like five, ten minutes, you don't get depth. You don't get anything. It's so right. superficial. They're, they have to have something written like, okay, this, this, and that. It's your new album. Okay, great. Okay, and you're playing at the Allstate Arena. Okay, and it ends there. But this is like, oh, wait, you did this? Oh, you're from there and you did that? And I wanted to ask you more about L.A. because it's like, well, if you lived there for six months, there's a good story there. There's a lot. Yeah. Because that's like, to, you don't just go to L.A. 2,000 miles away for six months just uh, like it's there's some heartbreak in there there's some job stuff in there there's some up like letdowns and and there's a lot and upticks and there's a lot and i wanted to go there but i'm the perfect person for your longest podcast (laughs) because i have so many stories that's great i have so many questions and my own stories amazing i love talking about myself (laughs) (laughs) the best is when it comes naturally when you talk about yourself it doesn't feel like you're sitting there awkwardly boasting but Myself on this side is poking and asking the questions, kind of extrapolating yeah. them. I love it. It's, all, it's awesome. Yeah. Yeah, and you're so good at it. Thank you. make you. me feel so comfortable. So you're, you're, I love that we just hopped right in, too. We hopped right in. Yeah. I, don't I don't even want to know anything because then I might ruin what I can learn on the podcast. Like That's so genius. Just don't tell me anything. Just do it. <laughs> no paper, nothing. Let's just go. <laughs> Um, so we never, you guys will get to know my band next podcast. Yeah, the next one. <laughs> we know about DC. Everyone knows about yeah, DC now. Now everyone knows DC and nobody else. Nobody else. <laughs> <laughs> um, so everyone can find you on all social media. Yeah. Uh, my Instagram is Friday Write Songs. Um, pretty simple. And it's writes with the W, not the R. W-R-I-T-E-S. Because mm-hmm. people do get confused somehow. TikTok? Um, my TikTok is at Friday's spam. Nice. Yeah. You're I'm like, you sure. just, as you said, you're like, why Why is it spam? <laughs> it was my spam TikTok I was never going to post on. And then I had like three videos go viral on it. And I just really? was like, mm-hmm. Wow. What kind of viral? Else. Like serious viral? Uh, like comedy side of TikTok, like the funny side. Viral. Okay. But yeah, viral, like 3.5 million each. What? Yeah. <laughs> That's, what? Yeah. <laughs> I... <laughs> This is the only time I want the world's smallest violin for me. <laughs> I have put out, if you count all of the things, I don't know, eighteen hundred videos in my life. Mm. Nothing even close to viral. Not even, not even the a, a hint of it. And then I hear people like, "Yeah, I did this one video like one time, and I got like twenty. I'm like, I kind of know. I have a. I think I'm just on TikTok so much that I know what it needs. I know what, what the algorithm wants. What do I have to do to go viral? Be on TikTok. I I am. I post videos all the time. But do you scroll? Kind of, yeah. That's why. Really? You kind of have to really get to know. They want their own. Yeah. Hmm. Get to know the algorithm and then post stuff like the stuff you see. And then that's how you'll go viral. I 
barely like any of this stuff I see. <laughs> <laughs> so well, then you'll be able to really curate your algorithm then. Just a couple 3.5 million views. No, no big deal. It really wasn't. It was like a bunch of shit posts. Like it, it was not it's even so music funny. related. So, so funny. It felt like you got your music stuff to go on there. Mm-hmm. You got get your music stuff to go viral on That's there. That's what I'm trying to do. It's yeah. hard. Once, tip, once TikTok makes you go viral for something, it's kind of hard to break out of that. Yes, I've heard. I've heard people on. I've had a couple people on here that have gone heavily viral. Mm-hmm. This one really great TikTok creator, um, Aaron Paulson drums. He's, mm-hmm. I know who that is. Yeah, he's very well known. Yeah, <laughs> and I didn't really. I didn't know who he was. <laughs> and when I so when people found out he was on there, they're like, my my students, people were freaking out. Like anywhere I go, I said they're like, "What, Aaron?" I was like, "I don't know." He just reached out, and I said, "Yeah," and I I didn't know who he was, but he's told me that he's he's had stuff go like twenty million. Like huge, and then like That's really big, yeah. yeah, and then like a dip to where it's like you know fourteen thousand, which is yeah. still a lot, but not compared yeah. to twenty million. That's kind of how it is. Like I had that one video that was three point five million, and then like two weeks later, I posted a video and it got like two hundred. So it's it doesn't show it. Too yeah, much. yeah. Did it's, you get a lot of followers from that three point five? Yeah, not a ton. I've gotten more in the past. I had a different TikTok account that went viral, like in twenty twenty. And that one got you just me. A vi- you, you've gone viral on two separate accounts, mm-hmm. so you do know the secret sauce. I do. <laughs> just not for my music. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> I know how to shit post. <laughs> oh, that's so funny. God, I'm yeah. so I will, lost. I will copycat people to, like, try to hit the same level as them. Like, sometimes people will just post a picture, and it'll have, like, 2 million views and 300,000 likes on it, and it's just like, what the hell? But, um... You're saying I need to show more skin is what you're saying. <laughs> I mean, whatever it takes for you. <laughs> whatever works, whatever gets your algorithm. Oh, those algorithms work for people who show skin. <laughs> that is that is a very real thing. Maybe I should show more skin. I mean. <laughs> show a little sleeve out. <laughs> that's a good joke. <laughs> like, look, at, I'm showing more skin. Mm-hmm. I should go viral. And, and the video. Or you can just, like, shave your beard. <gasps> showing Ooh, more skin. Should I do the half beard thing? <laughs> just, just shave Shave half? everything but here. <laughs> <laughs> that's good. Oh, well, Friday, I think you have to go on your unique first date on a rooftop pool. I do. You nervous? No. That's what I'm talking about. (laughs) That's awesome. No, I'm never nervous on dates. Never. That's good. Yeah, I don't. That's good. I don't don't get nervous. I just treat it like this and you just truly hang out, you know, just come sit down, talk. Yeah. And then I'm more concerned if I like them. So. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Then maybe it gets more nerve wracking when you like do like them and you hope it doesn't get messed up maybe you know i don't know if it's ever gotten that far i don't like anyone whoa <laughs> i'm just kidding we this podcast just started <laughs> we, we need a dr phil on this episode oh man well you see why your problem is that's a really good impression of dr phil well you got what you got to do now <laughs> can you say the ranch for me the ranch mm-hmm. like say the word the ranch he sends kids to the ranch he, now you gotta go to the ranch <laughs> And you got to stop disrespecting your mother mm. and your father. And selling cocaine. And selling cocaine and <laughs> licking butts. You got to stop that now. The butt licking. <laughs> <laughs> it was really fun to have you on. I, I, we definitely need to do this again. We'll go longer. We'll, we'll both allow yes. a lot of time to be fun. Thank you for having me. Thank you for doing this. It was fun. <laughs> I can't wait to have your band come in. And congratulations on the things you're doing. I can't wait to see your and hear your NPR thing. That's pretty sweet. Thank you. That's cool. I'll send you the link when I get it. Please do. And I'm going <laughs> to find you at your music venue right after yeah. this. <laughs> all right. Um, yeah. So people can find you on all social media. Yes. Yeah. That's perfect. Cool. Very cool. <laughs> all right. Thank you. Bye, everyone. Bye.